In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Betches Media presents. Madam Speaker, Madam Vice President. You want to hang out with us? Get your vaccine. Vaccine, vaccine. And so I went to Human Resources. There are some things I just can't tell you uh, on air. The Betches Sub Podcast. A woman's problem, if you will. Hello, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Caitlin Bird. And this is the Betches Up Podcast, where C-SPAN meets the group chat to help you process and laugh at the biggest topics in U.S. news and politics. We have had a couple tech issues today, so this is our like third or fourth attempt to talk about the zebras. So you know we really <laughs> want to talk about these zebras on the land. Mm-hmm. I texted Amanda multiple times before today's episode saying we have to do an update about the zebras. Uh, we have started and stopped this intro multiple times. Uh, the gist of what I've said in the other three intros is that uh, many sub fans have reached out to me about the zebras. I know y'all are interested. Y'all know I'm interested. People have been sending me other fun stories about uh, loose animals frolicking, which I love. And there's just a major update about the zebras. So I think we should probably just hop right into it. There are major, major updates. Obviously, these these zebras have been on the lamb in the Maryland area or in Maryland for about two months. The update is that one was unfortunately murdered in a illegal snare trap. And the reason this is so important, apart from the tragedy, is that it was never five zebras on the loose, as originally reported. People were actually seeing groups of three zebras and groups of two zebras. So they thought maybe the pack had split. But what they were probably seeing is the full group of three for a period, and then the diminished group of two after the sad passing of the third zebra. So there are still three zebras missing, not five. Animal control really botched that one. Okay. Very interesting. I mean, number one, (laughs) fuck you to whoever set that trap for the zebra. Who does that? And it wasn't even for the zebras. Apparently it was for like other small animals, which makes it even sadder because I don't know. I just, well, look what you did. Why are you trying to catch small animals anyway? What do you need to catch small Imagine animals going for? going out to your mousetrap and there's a zebra in there. <laughs> You're like, oh, oh, no, I killed the zebra. But um, that's very sad. Number two, that reminds me of, remember there was, a, back in the day, there was always like rumors of a prank that was like, you release three pigs in the school and you label them one, two, and four. And then people are always left looking for pig number three. That's kind of what it reminds me of. That was always a rumor in my area that someone had done that, but I don't think anyone's ever actually done. Yeah, that is fascinating. I do wonder. Yeah, there's definitely like some social experiment energy to it. Because, you know, people have been going around bragging, like kids have been bragging at school. I saw all five zebras. And so now today that smart ass is going to be like, no, you didn't. No, you didn't. <laughs> imagine, like, I just try to imagine what, like, Joe Goldberg would do if he found a trap seat. He accidentally killed a zebra. I feel like he would be the only person that could manage it appropriately. For better and for worse. I don't know what you do if you find out that you trapped a zebra and it died. I, that would be some major therapy for me. 
I do think of any, yeah, that's true. I mean, I guess people set small animal traps to like protect their gardens or something, but what they're, what they're trying to do now is like continue the same tactics. I think I feel like there was like big headlines, like we're going to keep, we're going to new approach to catching the zebras, but it's the same approach. They're just putting other zebras in a corral with food, hoping that the zebras go in. So I've been thinking what I'm sure all our listeners are thinking, which is like, why is this so hard? Like, why can't they catch the zebras? Zebras are really weird, I guess. Like, I'm sure some (laughs) zebra, like they're really crazy animals. Um, You can't tranquilize them because they have a weird reaction to it. Like they get an adrenaline rush um, and they kind of go insane for 15 minutes. So they could potentially... I, this is what I read in the Washington Post. So, uh, you know, they're my source for this. I don't know if they talk to a zoologist or a zebra specialist, but apparently like it can take them at least 15 minutes to go down. And in the meantime, like they could run in traffic. They could go accidentally hurt somebody. They could accidentally hurt each other. They could hurt themselves. They also have no idea. Like nobody seems to know how much a zebra weighs. It's like not a known quantity. So they don't know how what? much to give it. They don't want to, they're all various sizes. So there's just a lot of complicating factors. And they obviously do not want another zebra to perish in this experience. No, we have to protect the remaining zebras 100%. But again, I'm going to say what I've been saying on the podcast, which is that it seems like they're doing fine in the wild and that we should just let Maryland have zebras and we should just, we should just leave them alone. They want to be free. They want to be roaming. I mean, I guess, the one that died in a trap is an argument against what I'm saying, but but the I traps were already like, illegal, so you know we've already banned that's the traps. True. true, that's on the person who put out the illegal trap. If the illegal trap hadn't been there, the zebra would still be thriving. Exactly. And it seems like it seems like we've introduced so many boring non-native species to this continent. Why not just let Maryland have zebras? In 20 years, there's going to be like invasive zebra species. Then we'll be talking about like North American zebras are mm-hmm. like changing, have changed the American ecosystem. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but we've done it for blessed. We've know. done it it's, for less because the birds look nice and whatever. And they were like, this is cool. And now they're like Burmese pythons. And like, what? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Florida is already full of like hybrid snakes because of people who like flush them down the toilet and stuff. So let's let, Mer- let we the cats out of the bag on the cats whole out situation. Of the bag. Right. How much yeah. time do we really have left? Let's just all enjoy yeah. it together. Cat is out of the bag. Let's it's it's all <laughs> it is. Yeah, the climate provisions are out of the spending bill. Like let's just let nothing Maryland belongs have anywhere. Zebras. <laughs> The kids are enjoying it. And it sounds like Maryland parents have something to do with their kids, which I am all for. At least I'm curious, is any zebra content going to factor into any of your upcoming shows? Wow. Thank you for that segue, Amanda, because I do have (laughs) upcoming shows. And I would never put it past me to put some zebra content. Uh, I wanted to let all the sub listeners know I am back hosting shows in New York, hosting shows, hosting live comedy is my favorite thing in the world. So I wanted to shout out a couple of show dates for anyone who's in the area to come check out. Number one on November 6th at 7 p.m., my beloved husband and I are hosting our new comedy show with the Brooklyn Comedy Collective. That's at Eris in Williamsburg. Tickets are 15 bucks. It's called Just Married, and we're going to awesome. talk about our wedding and being married. And then we have other comedians who are married 
married booked on the show as well. So it's just a fun little celebration of love. Uh, and then very, very excited for those of you who also listen to my other podcast, The Rose of Your Teenage Self. The Rose of Your Teenage Self live show is back in New York City. Yes, that one's so I'm, fun. I'm so excited. I'm so, so excited. We've got one on November 14th at 7 p.m. at Stand Up New York. Tickets for that are also $15. And we've got one November 27th at 7.30 at Union Hall. So if you're still in town, if you stayed in for Thanksgiving this year, maybe you live in the city, so you're always here for Thanksgiving or you're back. It's the perfect, fun way to spend a little Sunday with me. So tickets for all of those shows are available now. Again, they're all just 15 bucks. And I love seeing sub fans at shows. So please come on out. Whenever I go to like live comedy, I'm always so happy I did. It's like so cheap. It's such a lovely way to spend an evening. You don't get too drunk. You don't know. It's great. It's the best way to spend an evening. You can get you can get too drunk if you want, but you don't have to. You don't have to. It's not like you're standing around. And you have nothing to do but drink. You're like laughing. Hopefully, <laughs> I think it's a good date because like you can watch the show. You can talk about the show. I think we, we get a lot of hidden dates at comedy shows. And I think there's a reason for that. It's just like during the pandemic, we, I haven't seen any live music yet. So like, mm-hmm. just like shared experiences are nice. They're yeah. really nice. I've... Come, come laugh with us. Well, we're going to have so much fun. We're going to have so much fun at all of the shows. I'd love to see everyone there. Hey, American Fever Dream listeners, I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift. Because now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone for any occasion. And it's easy. You just tap or click Gift Mode in your Etsy app or Etsy.com and then answer a few questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And Gift Mode instantly gives you a curated gift idea list based on hundreds of personas. Now it is simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a Mother's Day gift for the quilter or a birthday present for the vintage hunter, there is something for everyone on Etsy. Some of my favorite things to do are go to Etsy gift mode and then search absurd things like what kind of gifts do you have with Walter Cronkite on them? What kind of gifts do you have for dachshund owners? There's jewelry, ceramic, toys, board games, all kinds of fun stuff. A gifting moment is always right around the corner, whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you. Gift mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try gift mode on Etsy now. Today's episode of American Fever Dream is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always afford the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you. It's Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription rental service, and for just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles. They also have inclusive sizing up to 5X, as well as petite and maternity. You get fast, free shipping returns and professional cleaning and newly state-of-the-art laundering facility. No laundry for you to worry about. This is the best. You just put it back in your box, send it out, and before you know it, you've got your next one. And you always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. I bought the Rachel Antonoff pasta puffer from them. I was obsessed with it, like everybody who tries it is, and it was completely sold out everywhere else. So I felt like I really, really had an in there. So thank you, Newly. 
Newly is an amazing value at $98 a month for any six styles. And right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code FeverDream20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's Newly with two U's and enter the code FeverDream20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com. Newly with two U's with code FeverDream20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. So speaking of laughable, let's talk about Steve Bannon. The <laughs> house is moving forward. Wait, also, did you guys, have you guys been seeing that Michael Cohen and Kanye West have been having lunch together? I can't. <laughs> I can't. What the fuck? I just I really, I'm asking whoever's running the simulation to unplug and plug it back in. <laughs> or like... You know, like, have you tried that? <laughs> Turn it yeah, off next time. <laughs> it does feel like when you've had your Sim Village going for too long and you're like, I guess Kanye and Michael Cohen will hang out. <laughs> like, I'll make them become friends now. <laughs> I mean, could they be talking? Like, do you think they have camaraderie over how Trump wronged them? I mean, Trump didn't really wrong Kanye. Kanye chose to like, you're right, you're right. Caitlin's like, they did it to themselves. <laughs> yeah. Um, like Michael Cohen went to jail for Trump. Let's just yeah. be clear. Michael Cohen, like, maybe he's going to spit a verse on, uh, on Kanye's next album. Oh, that would be wonderful. That would, would be wonderful. The reality, maybe we deserve. Maybe, this, maybe that is what we collectively deserve. <laughs> After all. Well, you yeah, absolutely do. I mean, truly, truly hard to process. But okay, Steve Bannon. The House is moving forward with criminal contempt charges against Steve Bannon. The day before the Capitol riot, he said on his radio show, if you don't remember this, because so much was happening. I mean, even before that day, we knew January 6th was going to be an intense day. So there was just so much going on. So if you missed this, here's sort of why. On his radio show, Steve Bannon said an attack is coming. It's easy to like sort of dismiss Republicans. And I try to be like, oh, I, I know they have like a real audience, but it's always so scary when I look at podcast rankings, check them out. And like number two and three are always like Steve Bannon show, Ben Shapiro show. Like, yeah, so he's saying to he said to millions of people before this attack, an attack is coming. The House panel investigating the attack, obviously would love to know what he knew about that at the time to lead him to that belief. It's likely that Bannon is probably the person who told Trump to hype this January 6th date up after he lost and conceive of this whole stop the steal concept. The former Trump advisor has cited executive privilege for his refusal to participate. And Trump has also sued to block the release of certain materials. I don't know. This just made me think, like, how can we not get these materials in Congress related to the biggest terrorist attack in our country after 9-11? But like there were texts, shit talking and bad art friend. What is happening? (laughs) How can you get they were able to get the group chat from bad art friend, but somehow we're not, we, we can't get anything. What is happening? Why are, why is this taking so long? Why is this complicated? There's nothing yeah. complicated. It's very simple. Right, exactly. Um, so the House is going to take a full vote next week, and then it goes to the Justice Department for prosecution. But Republicans are also stalling on a vote to confirm Biden's nominee for the U.S. attorney in Washington, D.C., who would oversee these charges. So this Alarming headlines, this are happening all the time. We talk about them every week. We belabor them every week that the Republican Party is not a good faith partner in preserving democracy. They don't care. They are a danger. They will do whatever Trump tells them to. And they are degrading election integrity across the country as we speak. I mean, we saw last week Chuck Grassley, 88 years old, happily accepting an endorsement from Donald Trump. 
it is clear that they are embracing that for 2024. Mm-hmm. All of this is happening while Joe Manchin just sort of like runs around the Capitol in Bayne trying to find 10 Republicans to join him on his watered down voting rights bill. <laughs> and like as as we have been talking so much about what Democrats in Congress are doing. And I've been part of those discussions. We're basically talking about this spending bill, but like it's. Is Democratic messaging right now focused on the right thing? I mean, these things are like as intense and alarming as they have ever been. But we're all we're really talking about is like whether Joe Manchin wants kids to have enough food. And it's like that's equally important. But um, what's what should the messaging be right now to keep Democratic voters animated about this? Because if we're not, 2022 is not going to work out for us. Ooh, I mean, there's a lot there. Okay, Democratic messaging. Um, I, you know, my whole thing has been that Democrats should just take on this idea of like, it's our job to fix problems. You know, like that's a part, point of government. That's why we form societies. It, the uh, In the constitution itself, it says we the people have come together to build this government. Like that's that's the entire point of the, they weren't like, you know, we're pretty much good on our own. We're just going to run our own little fiefdoms and uh, when we need to interact with each other, we'll do it. It's like the only way we were able to survive was to combine forces uh, at the beginning of this journey as a country. And now we've got a government where it's like, yeah, our job is to do nothing. And like, that's such an antithetical concept of like government and Democrats should really lean heavier into our job is to solve problems. But then you've got to explain why Joe Manchin is around because he clearly mm-hmm. is not interested in solving problems. He's interested in, I, I have no idea. He's got some sort of platonic ideal of like who is worthy of government support. And I think we should start by removing all subsidies to anyone who's made more than $100,000 in the last 10 years. Start there and then work our way backwards. That's companies, like if your company's made more than $100,000 in profit, just just whatever we're subsidizing, just remove that subsidy. Let's start there and then we'll rework on who deserves what in this economy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just saw um, going around on Twitter today, which is, you know, the greatest source that anyone can <laughs> can name. <laughs> but I saw an ad that seems like it was funded just by like an outside person, basically detailing Joe Manchin's uh, connections to the coal industry and how he personally and his family are invested in the coal industry. And that's why he's doing what he's doing with, he has now successfully removed uh, a large chunk of Joe Biden's climate plan from the spending bill because of that. And I think when it comes to like, I want to see a lot more of that happening. I think we need to uh, like, Lincoln Project, these motherfuckers. Like, because we need a Lincoln Project for Joe Manchin. You're so right. And it's like, not that I want to associate with the Lincoln Project necessarily, but like, I do think, you know, Joe Manchin has this image of himself as this guy who is standing up for moderate causes and standing up for the Constitution and reconciliation and making sure the minority has a voice. And that's not actually what he's doing. He's actually standing up for his own pocket. And so I think if he starts maybe seeing the narrative on who he is fundamentally shift, then we might see some differences from him because right now he has been able to successfully go around playing this game that that's why he's doing what he's doing. And I think we need the real information about why he's doing what he's doing to come out. And that is the same for Kirsten Cinema, who is in taking 
huge amounts of money from big pharma. And like, I think, I think that, I don't know if that can come from the democratic party, but you know, where's, who's that rich guy that ran for president? Which one? Campaign against Tom Trump. Steyer. Oh, Tom, Tom Steyer. Tom Steyer. Tom Where Steyer. the hell is he? What you are you suggesting that the billionaire who ran for president wasn't doing so in good faith to, to help actually yeah. the nation, but just for his own ego? Oh yeah, I remember all about that. Yeah, after he <laughs> dropped out, he took a very long time to give anybody else any money. I mean, I feel like with Kirsten Cinema, it is hard coming from Democrats. It was Kirsten Cinema. It's um, there's a real, what's the action? What's the call to action? Okay. Maybe primary her or suggest that we're going to primary her with Joe Manchin. I mean, there, there is that, but is there a Democrat that wins in West Virginia? I mean, even the most hopeful among us, I don't, I don't think so. Not so, for Joe. I mean, Kirsten, I think someone yes. needs to primary her yesterday, but Joe Manchin knows. So I think it really does come down to like this. I think he has a very high image of himself. And I think that he has been able to successfully actually like decimate that image to people. And I think if there were to be a massive ad campaign being like, actually, this guy is doing like if we had some national ads running that were the quality of this ad that I saw on Twitter. Yeah, I think it would make him look pretty bad. And I think that's the same for cinema. And so it would be really nice if some of these outside Democratic billionaires who all thought they could be president a year ago put well, that, some yeah. ads out there. What's interesting is that ad actually is, I believe it was made by Don Winslow or somebody connected mm-hmm. with him. And, and he basically tweeted and was like, this is free. Run it. Do whatever yeah. you want with it. Like. Yes. Like we need more people doing that. I don't know if that Don Winslow guy is a billionaire, but if so, hats off to you. Yeah. And I don't know that they, they made have they might've put it on MSNBC, but I don't know if like CNN aired it. I guess I should probably put it up, but half our audience is like, who's that guy? <laughs> They're just like, I thought we got the Republicans out. <laughs> but, but again, it's, that's why we need this shit because there are people who don't realize what's actually happening or why. And that, the thing that's standing in between them and some real change are two people who are in the pocket of what the, some of the dirtiest industries we have running. So, yeah. you and know. the reason that this legislation feels so urgent is because we know our democracy is broken and there's a very good chance that we don't have much time to execute this. I like, I don't know. I have a theory that Joe Manchin has been trying Chuck Schumer was like, sure, fine. Try to find 10 Republicans. Be my guest. And he's been trying and failing. And I just I want to hope so much that eventually Joe Manchin will see that what this like he said when they didn't vote for a commission, he was like, this is insane. I, I don't know how you explain this. And I really want him to get to the same place with this bill, because he did start to say about the debt ceiling, like, I mean, I guess we got to do this. So it's either the, you know, the one side, like the Republicans started to sense that he was getting pressure. And I wonder if we can replicate that with voting rights in a sense. But the Republicans have too much to lose with voting rights, maybe. Yeah, it's time for Democrats to be the Republicans they want to see in the world. (laughs) You know, we have this conversation for a really long time. They keep being like, we need a Republican Party. Do we? You seem to be doing a really good job of arguing with us about whether or not we should continue. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. Problems. So what about we just stop? This is the craziest thing I've ever thought about. I've been thinking about it for a bit. Frankly, the Democratic Party should splinter 
the, this big tent thing is just like watering down the brand. It's making messaging difficult. It's it's damaging our ability to form coalitions, real coalitions. We should just stop treating the Republicans are a non-entity. They are the enemy. This is not going to happen. Whatever. Democrats should start like almost parliamentary style. Say like, okay, these are our coalitions are dedicated to these ideas you can vote at with this this kind of and like create like kinds of democrats and then be like okay if you're a this democrat you will we know that you're going to vote for this kind of stuff but it forces mansion cinema to at least explain what the hell that they actually want and then yes. to, to put them on their back foot to actually explain why they should have voting coalition with them because frankly democrats should need to stop like it ends up being oh you're negotiating against yourselves no we're negotiating with who sh- people who should be in an opposition party none of you should be here we, our tent is too big we have to be the entire spectrum of rational politics in the country yeah, that's like when it, yeah, when Joe Manchin is like, we have to negotiate with the conservatives. It's like we are, dude. Look in the mirror. You're the conservatives. Now. You're the conservatives. Exactly. If he, it's we, you. If he it's you, babe. Right, then he he now is alone because that's a very lonely place, and most Democrats are not there with him. He he's gonna have to work uphill, and then people are gonna. You, that's how you create the pressure, which is like, okay, well, those people are not even worth the discussion. We're They're out of the discussion. We're only talking about what's going to actually fix the problem. And those people are not in, in this discussion. So yeah. you can't go to them for support. So w- you need to argue with us as to why we're not getting what we want out of this bill. The voting one or the, the both of them? Yeah. yeah. Right. I mean, this, this Republican bill, or I'm sorry, this voting bill, it's like Joe Manchin like made it himself. He agrees with it. And it is in his power, whether it passes or not. I mean, I guess Kirsten Cinema too, but let's assume that she would go down that path with him. It's up to this man. And he's just like, no, I can't find 10 friends who are going to lose their job if they potentially, if they sign it. It's actually a good compromise bill that he wrote. Like, it's I've, not like, a voter it's actually, ID in there. It's like, he did a, you know, he did a good job, but it doesn't matter because as Caitlin was saying, he's not actually negotiating with anyone so maybe you know i hope that maybe these failures will help him to see the light i it's just also crazy to have to constantly be trying to get in the mind of this like millionaire west virginia senator what like and that that's we all just have to try to figure out how to play like the right mind game with him and it's very, uh, it's very taxing yeah. emotionally. Has this, has this country ever, Caitlin, you might know, ever like, like provided buyouts to entire industries in the sense of like, like the coal industry, how many people in this country, like r- really make a living. And the only way, the only skills they have is by being like a coal miner. Can we just like, how much money would it take to just support those people? And then we don't have to do coal anymore. Like if that's Mansion's Joe Mansion doesn't believe in giving money. Fair he, enough. He literally fought. He fought against retraining. Like he literally fought this. He was like, "Yeah, this, this is the money he's talking about." Like literally, this stuff. We were like, "Okay, so we're gonna give them money. We're gonna move them out of the sector." Retraining, blah, blah. right, right, right. And he, right. Was like, and he was like, "No," because he I makes money off of it, right? He makes money off. So he makes that's money the off of coal. The people at the top, you know, I watched that Lula Rich documentary and it was great. It was, it was so good. Story. But at one point they're discussing pyramid schemes and I was, and they were like, 
1% of the people get 50% of the profits. And I was sitting there being like, this, uh, that feels very familiar. That, that number setup feels very familiar. It's like, oh, capitalism's a pyramid scheme. <laughs> and while he's yeah. at the top of the pyramid, it doesn't matter how damn it, like it, he literally, like I, I, I really try to express this, but like Joe Manchin does not care about other humans. He doesn't care about the people he can't see. He doesn't care about his constituents. I mean, if he could feed them into a wood chipper he, and that would make him a million dollars, he definitely would. Like if, if it really came down to it, could he feed a six-year-old into a wood chipper? Probably. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm going to say something crazy. Okay, Joe Manchin is the old guy in Squid Game. Have you watched Squid Game? He is. He is. He's playing the game, and his livelihood don't, don't does not spoil. No spoiling. Spoilers. Spoilers. <laughs> for the last five minutes, spoilers for Squid Game. His livelihood does not depend on this game. He just has fun. He sees it as something that he is like has a privilege to do. He enjoys doing it. He thinks he's really good at it. He likes messing around with people while he's doing it. And it does not matter to him at all. The outcome is the same to him, no matter what. Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. So final question, returning to the January 6th panel. What can Democrats do to make the most out of this? I feel like we just get incremental updates, like they're pursuing this, they're pursuing that. I mean, perp walk a motherfucker. Yeah. And why not? Right. Why not? Perp walk them all. Perp walk them all. Force them all to testify. Like straight up arrest the ones that don't testify. Like do the damn thing. That's what they can do. Like force them all plead the fifth. Like if every answer is the fifth, then like, fine, you'll just sit there in shackles. Mm -hmm. Put them on national television and have them plead the fifth. Compel every single person you can compel to testify to testify. And that includes the former other guy. Mm-hmm. Also, intercut the 11 hours of Benghazi testimony that Hillary Clinton did in the middle of her campaign in 2016 and just be like, these people are weaker and more useless in any way than Hillary Clinton. Look at this Ugh. woman who totally did not do any, like, look at all the stuff. You love to hate her. Like, here she is, but she's better than you, better than you mm-hmm. will ever be, better human being in every way, better. And then just like continue rubbing it in, like, Oh, you can't do what Hillary Clinton does. Cool. I see that you are just weak and impa- like impossible. Like, see, if I were like a billionaire, I would be running ads on TV like that, like mocking them that way. Like, really? You made this this woman do this for 11 hours in the middle of the campaign. And this this pot, this man who does a podcast for an hour a day can't be bothered. Yeah. But I think are we confident they'll pursue that down the as far along the path as like shackles on national TV goes? Benny Thompson seems ready. Uh, I know. <laughs> I don't know, but I think that we're going to definitely get some very interesting uh, testimony. Like they, are, I think they are definitely going to compel people to testify. I don't know if they'll actually perp walk them, which they should. Um, but we're going to get some interesting testimony out of this. And side note, I don't know if any of y'all are watching American Crime Story impeachment. I'm saving it. Yeah, but we want to do a show about it. Um, it's really good and they just debuted their most recent episode they just debuted they'd shown her for like a second but they just debuted Edie Falco's Hillary and it's very very Ooh. exciting <laughs> it's, I just got chills. It's, most, it's most pleasing to me <laughs> <laughs> I just listened to the um, the slate like three year old slow burn podcast about uh, the Clinton impeachment to prepare I wanted to have the parameters I'm thrilled I'll probably binge Having it the whole weekend. story before you go in is great because they it's really rewarding. they they really they really do it and Beanie Beanie Feldstein is putting in work 
as Monica Lewinsky. And I hope that that performance is rewarded. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. That is our show for today. Until the end of Democracy, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Caitlin Bird. And this is the Betches Up Podcast. Bye. The Betches Sup Podcast is produced by Amanda Duberman, Jorge Morales-Pico, and Sean Kilby. Editing by Jorge Morales-Pico. Social media by Amanda Duberman. Be sure to follow at Betches underscore Sup on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send us your emails to suppod at Betches.com. Betches.